Welcome and thank you for tuning into the Six Initiative podcast, where two friends get the chance to interview different professionals from various industries to share their insights, experiences, and stories. Um, what I really want to know is like how, like, when you decided to leave, you know, um, being a chef and being, uh, you know, being being in that industry, because I figure a lot of the reason why people decide to become chefs because you know there's a lot of hours in it there's a lot of stability um you know you know that you can find a job because chefs are always going to be in need like people are always looking for people to cook um but then you decided to take that and jump into entrepreneurship where uh, like entrepreneurship and cooking is not something that people commonly mix together um so what were those first steps like and um, what really pushed you to make that decision in the first place? Yeah, so I guess I always knew I wanted to do something with for myself. Like I, I knew from a get-go. Um, so like for people who don't know, I, I went to business school. I went to Laurier. I have a business degree. Um, I went to business school and culinary school at the same time. So I did two programs. I did college and university at the same time, uh, Laurier and Conestoga. And what happened was I learned that when I was getting into cooking or knew about cooking, nine out of 10 restaurants always fail. They always, mm-hmm. it's industry standard. It's, it's the fact that a lot of times front of the house, the managers, they know about how to run a business, but they don't know how to run a kitchen and vice versa. Chefs know how to run a kitchen. They don't know how to run a business. So for me, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to learn these two things. I'm going to do something based on it, whether it was open a restaurant or anything like that. And the more and more I got into the industry, more and more I learned about, do I want to open a restaurant? Uh, the margins are very slim. There's got a lot of overhead. There's a lot of costs. But, and then I got into, okay, I wanted to start building Six Pack Chef. What do I want to do with it? Started getting into consulting. So I've tried so many things. Like people see Six Pack Chef as what it is now, but I've tried personal training. I've tried private chefing. I've tried uh, catering. I've tried uh, doing meal prep service, you know, I've tried online, just strictly um, product development. I've tried all of that. And that's sort of where that entrepreneurship came from. It was the more of like being able to build something for myself. I, the more and more I learned was I have a vision in what I want to do and how I want to do things or how I want to live my life. And sometimes, unfortunately, for a lot of us is that, most people don't see that same vision or um, most people can't find a job that allows you to have that vision. Right. And we get into this life where we get comfortable because we need bills to pay. We have bills to pay and we end up going to this job because, you know, it's comfortable. We have, it pays the bills and then we sort of forget about our goals and our dreams and stuff like that. So that's sort of where the whole entrepreneurship came from. And it was this thing of like what I see for myself isn't really out there yet. And because it's not out there yet, I can't work for someone who technically might have that. So I got to create it. So I got to create it. And the best part is because it's not like super solid of what six pack chef is that it's constantly evolving or else I wouldn't have been tasting and doing so many different things over the last 10 years. Um, And that means that I can't have somebody to tell me, this is this is this and that's sort of where the entrepreneurship came from 
And it's been cool. It's been cool that it also allows me to really just live life. Meaning if a company comes to me and wants me to produce uh, and help them develop a product for a restaurant, boom, I can do that. That touches my food side that I want to do. If a supplement company wants to come and be like, hey, we've got this new protein. Can you come up with some recipes for it? There, there goes my fitness side, right? And then like, for instance, like hopping on, hopping on a podcast like this with you guys or, um, you know, going to speak to different events and guest speaking and talking to kids and stuff. That's another part of the whole thing that I would never have had those chances if I worked for somebody else. And that's where the entrepreneurship comes from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a, I think that's a really important lesson to, to give is that uh, when it comes to business, like a lot of times the first thing you embark on is not going to be the last thing. Um, even with six initiative, like what we had an idea of what we had, what we thought six initiative was going to be when we first started it compared to now is like, it has its peaks and valleys. Like we've gone from idea to idea. We've found things that work. We found things that didn't work. We found things we're good at. Um, and the most important part is that we kept on sticking with it and just continuing to try um, and sticking with what we're good at. I think that's what you're really focusing on too, is like, you know, the stuff you're the, you're good at, you know, your skills and you're just kind of maximizing on it. Right. Um, yep. Throughout this whole time, like what would you say your biggest mistake has been and kind of what you learn from, uh, from that lesson? I think my biz- biggest mistake and honestly, um, there's like, there's like two, I had a, I had a business mistake, which was, I was not, um, I'm not a very confrontational person. I hate confrontation. I hate, I'm very, as much as people might see me and might think that I'm a little more open and I'm able to chat a bit. I don't like being in like positions of like awkwardness. And what happened was pretty much I was in this business, uh, trying to set up this product that I wanted to launch. And I was working with a, a food scientist group that they pretty much overpromised and underdelivered. And long story short, without getting into details and stuff, I lost 10K. I lost 10K uh, with a product that didn't even finish, that I've got like half a product. But so that was, that was a business mistake that I learned that if I am a customer um, or a client, I have the right to make sure I get everything right. Or, if, or to also stand my ground, learning to stand my ground and be able to be like, hey, no, I don't need to feel ashamed or, or like a little shy to be like, hey, look, I asked for this. You said you'll give me this. I want this. And I always were, I was always like, I always was one of those people that you say something, I'll be like, yes, okay, okay. Like, I'm just like a, a yes man kind of thing. So I learned from there from a business perspective is that, if you don't look after yourself, no one's going to look after you. Like you can't be taken advantage of. So that was a big thing. That was a big thing that I learned and I still struggle with, but I'm way better. I'm way better that I sort of know my value there. And then the next one is more so life wise, which is I stopped caring as much about what people thought of me. It was a big thing that and comparing, I, I would always compare myself to people and I still do, but not as much as like being like, because if you cared a lot about other people, you hindered yourself for a lot of things. A great example is if I cared about how much my videos would do, say on my IG from my What's Cooking series, right? Then 
that was a big reason why I didn't do YouTube for a long time. It was because YouTube was this place where like everything had to be perfect, right? You got to have the perfect thumbnail. You got to have these cameras. You got to be able to edit, have these crazy transitions and have all these great lighting and everything. I knew nothing about any of this stuff. And I was like, and then a lot of people, some other people would just like, just shoot a video and just post it up there, man. It doesn't have to be perfect. But I, I for myself was like, yo, I don't want someone to judge me. Be like, yo, why is this guy putting up shit? Like, it's so crappy. So I never got to do that. And then when I ended up doing what's cooking, I told myself, I was like, Hey, I'm going to put this out here. I'm just going to show people exactly what it is. It's raw unedited, how we are on a daily basis at home, what I cook from what I have in my house. And now it's been, I literally shoot these things, don't edit them. And I just go with it. Right. Like I stutter, I stumble. I sometimes forget ingredients and have to go to the fridge and grab it. But at the end of the day, it, because I didn't care, it's allowed me to reach so much more people. The amount of people that are able to like reach out and say, hey, look, I love that uh, recipe or I'm, I'm enjoying this. I'm learning how to cook again. Um, or else I wouldn't be doing today. I posted, was it? I posted episode 35, you know, 35 episodes, right? Yeah. So, and um, so, yeah, so that's a big lesson I think that is not caring what people think and just more self-awareness, self-awareness. And that's the same thing with TikTok. Like if I really cared what people thought and then I wouldn't have taken my shirt off and I'd be like, Oh no, people are going to think I'm like some, some, you know, excuse my language, like fuck boy or like, um, you know, thirst trap or this and that. Right. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously like you've come like a long way since then. Um, something that I think a lot of people do struggle with, especially in the early stages of taking that first initial step is just like, uh finding the time to invest into your craft and like really take it seriously so obviously initially you weren't just like I, I, you didn't just drop your job and be like you know what i'm just gonna work on entrepreneurship right off the bat right uh like what was that like for you initially just diving into that whole thing i did 2017 2017 was that year i get out I, I was like yo screw this i'm just gonna i gotta gotta do it so i was like this year i i quit my job at that time, at, which was at, like at a golf course, at a golf course, helping them open. They, they paid me pretty good. And I was like, no, I got to do it. I got to do my own thing. I can't. So I gave myself a year and that was when I made that big um, sort of business mistake. And I put everything in. It was hard. I was scraping. I was scraping. Um, my ex at the time, she took really good care of me and like she was very supportive, but I would just scrape to get by. Like, not a, not, you know, no more than like a couple hundred bucks to my account, just enough. And, um, yeah, just one of those. So at that time, like, what do you think, uh, helped you the most in terms of continuing to push forward for it and not just say, you know what, I'm just going to go back to working a typical job that I didn't enjoy. It was exactly that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It was, it's my mindset. It's my mindset with the whole cancer thing. It's like, yo, you only have one life. Like if, if you are waking up and like, you're upset about your job and stuff, how long are you going to do that for? Right? Like society puts us in this bracket where come 23, when you graduate or whatever, we're working until we're 65, 70 until we retire. So if you're telling me, if we say we live up to a hundred years old and from 20 to 60 something, we're like, we're, let's say that's 45 years of our life. So you're giving us 45% of your entire life to doing something you don't like. Does that make sense? That's like me telling you every time you have a paycheck, 
you're going to put 45% of it into the garbage. Mm. Right? Then you wouldn't want to work. You'd be like, why would I work? So it's the same thing. I was like, why would you want to live? Right? So, um, yeah. So for me, it was like, okay, no, we got to go, got to get it done. And I just kept on remembering that if I fail, it's all good because I'm still young. What I mean by that is I'm 29. We're all under 30. For the last 10 years, I've been doing stuff that failed. Like, you know, what I mean by fail is like I didn't blow up. I wasn't getting yeah. rich, you know, anything like that. But I've learned and I've tried. But because I've done that and I've learned, I'm able to be like, hey, I don't have to guess if does private chefing, is, is that my thing? Do I want to open a restaurant? Do I even want to be a chef, et cetera? I can do all that kind of stuff and then still come out of this, say, this year and be 29. And still, if I live up to 100, have almost 80, what is that? 71 years, right? 71 years in front of me to do anything I want to do. And then imagine if we were, say, 50, we'll look back and be like, yo, I wish I was 25 or I wish I was whatever. So those were a lot of mindset things that I learned and I really, really um, sort of harnessed to help myself go through a lot of those things, a lot of those deep times. And also just being around supportive people, people with the right mindset. The whole thing about um, you are at the sum of the five you're around, it's very, very important. And for me, getting more into pe- being around with people and learning about their struggles, learning about how they started a business or what did they learn and do this? Just even you guys, you know, six and six, six initiative, you guys, all of that. That's, that's a big reason. And it, it doesn't have to be a big giant thing to make you want to persevere and keep going. It can simply just be anything. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's a really powerful like statement that you, that you just made. Um, uh, one thing I really wanted to, go into because you just talked about like the whole like you've been doing this for uh, a decade and you know you just you're you're finding things that are not working for you but you're continuing to persist on Um, I've noticed this a lot with a lot of people in my generation Um, a lot of people do dream about like opening up their own restaurant or their own bar like uh, I remember um, I met one of uh, Peter's friends a while back and she was saying how like she wanted to open up like a half coffee shop half club or bar or something Um, and you know you brought up that statistic nine out of ten restaurants like typically fail margins are super thin like it's just very very hard to run a restaurant Um, what what are the biggest mistakes that restaurant owners make that lead to their failure and what can someone who's looking to start their own restaurant what are some things that they can do preemptively like prior to starting off to ensure a little bit more success first things first is the concept's got to be great what i mean by concept is the whole theme behind it or whatever but the food's got to be good 100 mm-hmm. percent food has to be good no one's going to a restaurant because it looks good <laughs> i mean i'm not sure like some instagram model maybe but that how much instagram models are there right food has to be number one always but unfortunately and it's got to be tasty and delicious and especially in our generation. And when you're like, when you said like our generation, yo, I'm still in the same age group as you. Don't put me out on another one, man. No, no, <laughs> I know. I, I met you there. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. But um, we're all about the grand food, which is, I hate. I hate because it's the phone eats first, meaning 
it's going to look good. Taste is second. It's now food has become more a marketing scheme of what looks the best and what can draw people to attract them in so that they can buy it. They want to take the photo. They want to post it. And then more people are going to watch it and they're going to come and all that stuff. But a lot of these people don't come back. Right. And you can't build a business on one time customers. It's all about repetitive customers. Customers are want to tell people to come back and come back. And um, so that's a big thing. So you gotta have food that tastes good. Once it's, once you, that base is that it tastes good, you can work on all that marketing stuff and all that, all that stuff after those will, those will be fine. And then it's all a little team. The team is important. So important because you can't run a restaurant by yourself. So whether it's the front of the house, back of the house, those guys got to know your vision. They got to know. And like, they know everything about why we're doing what we're doing. That was a big, very big key. So like, for instance, um, when I opened up Egg Bay with my friends, we had this idea. We had this idea. We, I remember I told them that if we're going to do this, people are going to compare us to a restaurant in, in the States that's super famous that sort of started breakfast sandwiches, like the elevated one, which was Egg Slut. And it was this big thing. Everybody on the gram knew about it. And we're like, hey, people are going to compare us. So we can't be Egg Slut. We can be what we are and the best that we are. And from day one, we're like, we are the breakfast sandwich made for Toronto by Toronto, which is where the menu then comes from, from scratch daily influences of the whole market, of Kensington market, of different cultures. And that was also something that we talked to with the team. With the team was where we built the team um, kitchen wise. A lot of them didn't cook right from the get go. They didn't know how to cook. But I told them, you're going to learn how to cook everything. You're going to learn everything because we want to be able to be, if one day you're stuck on this station and someone needs help on that one, you can go in this and that. You will have freedom to like build something and create your own menu. And we wanted, we want people to be a part of the restaurant. Because if it's, this is just a restaurant, but in any company, right? You want your employees and your staff, and your team to want to be a part of that whole vision, that whole lifestyle, that whole brand. And once you do that, you're good. And then everything else is just working on that, making sure, you know, financials and all that stuff, but all that business, business jargon and all that stuff aside, it's really from a restaurant perspective, food's got to be great and your people's got to be great because without people, there's no food and without food, there's no people. So. Sounds really simple. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like, us. yeah, it sounds like it's just something that like, a lot of people, they might be overthinking too much. So they overlook like all these small things that really matter. Yeah. And it's also a lot of people end up chasing trends. They chase mm. trends or they're cooking food that might be great from a margin perspective, but it doesn't deliver in what a customer wants. Right. So yeah, it's one of those. I feel like um a lot of uh, what your success has come to uh, was due to like your your mindset towards everything actually like from the day I met you like you've always had this like crazy mindset of like just uh just so much positivity and uh, and yeah I, I feel like a lot of what you have gone through like before all the stuff that you've learned across your life has probably made a pretty big impact on that um, you mentioned from the start uh, about how part of what helps you push to kind of realize that you have to make the most out of what you want in your life uh, was due to surviving cancer. Yeah. 
Um, I was wondering if you could uh, kind of go with, talk a little bit about that, how that has changed uh, everything about your life and what you really want. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I had cancer when I was 17, um, last year high school. And it, it was this one point in my life where I was like, yo, I got cancer with, you know, what I could have like stopped school. I could have done that, but I kept on going to school. I did six months of radiation and chemotherapy blast and got it because I didn't want to like leave my friends behind. That was a big thing. That was one thing. Second thing was cancer affected me in such a way where it was like, I tell people now it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. It sounds really, really weird. Right. But the reason is because it opened my mindset it opened my, my thoughts and it opened a new way of living for me, which is there's only one life. You've got to live it till its fullest. And when I fin when I got through and like beat cancer, I realized that was the hardest thing I'll ever do in my life. And if I, if you already, if you think that no matter what I deal with on a daily basis, it could be working 48 hours. It could be not having money in my bank. It could be anything like that. That still is not as hard as seeing your loved ones look at you in your face and cry thinking that they might not be able to have you in their life and you as a young kid not knowing if you will actually live or not and knowing that your existence was hurting the people around you that is hard and if you think that then what is working two jobs? What is, you know, um, failing at a couple things to like maybe bounce back? What did it, what's the, what's the problem of, oh my God, I don't have a pair, I don't have a pair of Yeezys or I don't have money to buy, you know, go pop off at the club. That means nothing, right? And like, I think sometimes, unfortunately, things never seem the way they are until you look back at it, mm. right? And, it changed everything. It changed my entire life. And for me, it's so much negative, so much negativity and all that stuff that I really believe that it came from, uh, I learned and I found something called the secret. The secret was something that I watched, which was, it's like, you think it, it happens. You put it out there, it comes, but you think, um, you whatever, whatever you think, you believe, that's going to be the thing. So if you keep on putting on negative energy, you're only going to get negative stuff back, right? If you only, so... For me, I always look at stuff from a glass half full perspective first. And that's sort of it. That's just it. And as long as I, there's, don't get me wrong, I'm not all lolly golly sunshine and rainbows all the time, you know? I have my bad days, but the goal at life is having good days and bad days. And that's all that matters. It doesn't matter if you're losing, losing at half time by 50. If you come back on the, at overtime and win by two, you still win, right? And so that's that's like the thing, that's the thing, and that's like the mindset. And I um, and I honestly don't think that I would have learned that if it wasn't for cancer. So, yeah. Fuck man, that's a that's an incredible story. I remember when I heard it the first time. It was just like it kind of just blew me away. Um, but I think that's like a that's a great place to wrap this up um i just want to thank you for your taking the time you know obviously obviously very much appreciate it um whatever you're working on man anything you want to plug anything you want to throw out there feel free 
Yeah, no, the first things first is thank you guys for having me on, you know, being able to spend, what is it, an hour? I don't know how long we've been here for to just listen to me talk about my failures in life, you know? Um, but you guys are amazing. You guys are amazing. And what you guys do and like how you guys help other people is super, super motivational. So you guys, first off, big ups to that. Um, when it comes, I guess, plugging myself, it's really nothing. It's just for those who listen to this, and maybe feel like I reached out to something in some way that you guys felt touched you, feel free to like, you know, follow me on all my socials, on any social that you want, email me, message me. I'm very open. I try to reply to almost every single person. Honestly, every day I'll take, it takes me like a good four five, six hours to reply to every single person. But um, I do. And I, I appreciate because I, if I was to reach out to somebody, I would want them to reach back out. So doesn't matter whether it's health, fitness, business, whether it's anything like that and people want to just reach out. That's, that's really the plug. The plug is not to buy my ebook. It's not to, you know, make me pop off on this, this social media or whatever. The plug is really, it's like, if you feel like there's something that I can add to your life, feel free to just come into my life. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel that. Yeah. yeah. That's, 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 that's super real of you. Yeah. Awesome, man. Wallace, it was such a pleasure, bro. We'll do part two. Part two? Part three? Part five? We're, we're, we're going we're to need to talk about your, your, uh, your physique and bodybuilding career after. Oh, yeah. You guys let me know. You guys let me know. Yeah. All right, bro. Thank you so much. So good seeing you. Thank you. Easy Stay boys. safe, man. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Six Initiative podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave us a comment and review and follow us on Instagram at Six Initiative to keep up to date with our current projects. If there's anyone you'd like to hear from or any specific field you want to hear about, send us an email or a DM or a comment and we'll do our best we can to make it happen. If you know anyone who would benefit from this, please don't hesitate to share. Thanks again for listening and we hope you have a great rest of your day.